Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio programming. Investing is a team sport. It's going to take lots of folks to help you reach your real estate goals. We'll talk about who some of those people are today and how you can assemble a great team. Today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2016 Goals Retreat, taking place January 8th through 10th in beautiful San Diego, California. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2016 Goals Retreat on the second weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com and register why there's still early bird pricing. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723 today. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. And this week, the man we call the godfather of real estate has been investing seven different decades, Bob Helms. Oh my gosh, that's a long time. That's our team. Let's talk about your team. As you put together your real estate plan and you're acquiring properties, it's not a one-person show. Even though you might be the executive producer or the coach or the quarterback, whatever analogy you want to use, uh, you need a team. And what we're going to talk about today is how you assess a great real estate team. Who do you need? What do they need to do for you? And who do you need to be in the equation? So just a heads up, it's work. It's going to be some hard work. And to motivate you to understand why it's important to do the hard work is because a lot of times people who have been trained as technicians, they've been trained their whole life. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And they learn the skill to be a equipment operator or a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a salesperson or whatever their skills are. And they trade that skill for whatever compensation they get in the marketplace. And that's the way they think. And so when they start off on the path to becoming a real estate investor, they immediately think they have to understand how to do everything that real estate investing entails. And they try to become a lawyer, they try to become an accountant, they try to become an appraiser, they try to become a broker, they try to become a tax specialist, they try to understand all of the different things, and it's just too much. And so the most important skill you can have as a real estate investor is the ability to see the big picture and assemble the team of technicians who can give you the tactical advice you need to make the decisions at the transactional level will you keep your CEO hat on and see the big picture. This is my favorite part about investing in real estate is that you don't have to roll up your sleeves and do it. In fact, I would submit that the folks who are rolling up their sleeves and swinging the hammer aren't really real estate investors. They've got a part-time job or a full-time job. It's a, it's a business of working in property. That's different than the way an investor thinks. Think about a stock investor or a bond investor. That's someone who puts capital at work. They do some research, then they get a team. In the real estate guy's world, we start with your personal investment philosophy, who you are as a real estate investor. Two weeks ago, we did a show on that. Step two is finding a market or markets that will be congruent with who you are as an investor. Last week, we did a show on that. 
Next is assembling your team. Who are you going to have on your team that can help you make this happen because you can't do it all yourself. You have to do a lot, but you can't do it all yourself. And then finally, the last and least important and most interchangeable part of the whole thing is finding a property which by the way, we'll talk about next week. So this team part is critical. Once you've figured out who you are, what you want real estate to do for you, and have started to look at markets that make sense, now you gotta put a team together. One of the reasons that we find investors to be hands-on is because the properties themselves are physical, often in their town, and they come from different skill sets with backgrounds. Your typical stock investor may do some serious research, but they're not visiting the company. They don't know anybody who works there, and they're never going to be hands-on at the companies they're investing in. Very different with a lot of investors. Not necessarily everyone gets their fingers in the pie, but they have a lot more opportunity to and probably more inclination to. And even if you do, we're not saying that's a bad thing to do. If you rehab houses and stuff, awesome, you still need a team. And so the very idea of increasing your ability to get things done with other people is paramount to success in any business. There's very few multi-million dollar businesses that are run by one person who's sitting in their office. There's a few, but there's not many. And so what does a company do? They acquire skills through compensation to go to work on the main vision or mission exactly the same in your business except these people are most likely not employees now i know we have listeners that have actual employees that help them act out on this because they have large portfolios or complicated properties but for the most part the great news is that if you set it up right you can have other people doing most of the work for you. Right, and ultimately that's what you are investing in real estate for. You're investing in real estate to acquire the efforts of others. You want your tenants to get up every day and go to work for somebody and send you 30, 40% of their income. The more of those you have, the richer you are. Same thing is true with your team. The bigger your team is, if they're going out and they are contributing to your growth, then having a big team, like Kiyosaki would talk about, he'd say, you know, when he get together with his rich dad when they were little, little boys, right? that his rich dad had lots of accountants and lots of lawyers working for him because he had to grow the team in order to support the business. And that's important. Your team will grow to support the business, not vice versa. You don't want to grow your business to support the team. I mean, they're all living off of it, but that's a whole different discussion. I think the important thing is when you're looking at the prospect of starting this team up, you kind of got to divide it into a couple categories. One of the categories is the group of people who are going to be about you. These, these are going to be the people that help you organize your tax status, your asset protection situation. They're going to be more about you. And then you're going to have a chunk of your team that's going to be about the property or the market. And you're going to have several of those teams. Every time you go into a new market, you're going to have to add team members that are specific to that market. And they may have nothing to do with anything going on in a different market that you're also invested in. And so as you're kind of designing your depth chart, if you will, to use a football analogy, um, just be thinking a little bit about who you need to have near you and then who you need to have near the property. And physically, wherever you domicile your business, wherever you live, there may be certain people that you want to have close by. Today, it's easy to have team members scattered throughout the world. Everyone can work electronically. There's great abilities to conference and Skype and all that. But there are people you're going to want to sit down with. And so let's go through who some of your team are. Before doing that, I think we need to start with the mindset that if you're going to assemble a team, it better be people that you have a good working relationship with. And that doesn't happen by accident. 
You should be very strategic in seeking out people who are like-minded and at the same time have a good work ethic that fits with you. It's not right or wrong in judging who they are necessarily, although certainly that's going to be part of it, but it's figuring out that this is a team that works well together. Sometimes the most talented people don't work well together. They just don't have the same synchronicity. So we're looking not just to fill check boxes on, I need that team member. It's about who the person is. Well, I think we talk about this all the time, but it's worth bringing up again uh, at this particular juncture. You got to trust these people in two different ways. First area you've got to trust them in is their ethics. They have to be good people, honest people. They have to have your back. You have to believe that they're not going to use their uh, superior understanding of the technical matter as an advantage over you to extract excess profit from you. They're going to treat you fairly. That's important. They've got to be ethical. The second area you've got to trust them in is in their competency because they've got to be capable. Just because they're ethical doesn't mean they know what they're doing. And so one of the big mistakes that we make often is people will go out and they'll hire people or they'll work with people because they happen to be related. They happen to be neighbors. They happen to have gone to school together. They're best friends since forever. They trust them implicitly. I would trust you with my wife, my wallet, and my life. Okay, that's great. But if you don't know what the heck you're doing, right. then you're just going to feel really bad when you lose all my money or screw up my portfolio. The reverse side of that is true. If you hire somebody that is absolutely skilled, top of the craft, I mean, everybody recognized them. They Whatever accolades and awards somebody could win in their particular profession, they're at the top of the heap. But you know what? Given the opportunity, they would take your money, they would sleep with your wife, and they would steal your portfolio, right? So you can't have those people in your life. You've got to make sure you trust them in both their ethics and their professional capability. One of the things we talk about in syndication, raising money to do bigger deals, is that a lot of the folks who are hesitant to take other people's money are exactly the people who need to be in syndication, where the people who go, oh, yeah, no problem, give me the millions, are probably the wrong people. So you definitely want to look at their competency and their ethics and morals, and time will either promote you or expose you. I will tell you this, as you're assembling your team, you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs. Your very first property manager is likely not to be the person you end up with. The broker you work with to go find your first deal is likely not to be the person that you work with forever because you change, you learn about them, they change, all those things happen. But but knowing that it's a moving platform, let's talk about kind of your first team and your second team. So what do we mean by that? Well, your first team are the people that are going to help you get into the next deal. So I would say the first person you talk to when you're looking to acquire another property is likely a finance person. Yeah, because unless you're planning on coming in with all cash, and I don't know why you would want to do that in most circumstances, you're going to have to have a good assessment of where you are at in relationship to what money is looking for. In other words, there are investors out there, not you. When we use the term investors talking in real estate, we're talking about the people who are buying the real estate, who are going to be the owner operator of the real estate. You know, when you're in the mortgage business and you're talking to mortgage people, like we had Graham Parham on the show uh, several weeks ago, and he was talking a little bit about investors. And you always have to clarify, when I was in the mortgage business in the beginning, I got confused because people would be talking about investors. And in my mind, when they said investors, oh, that's the guy with the house. No, it was the guy with the money. And so you have to ask, what is the appetite that the people who are investing, in other words, making the loan, buying the mortgages, what are they looking for? And it changes. A lot of it is dictated by what's going on at the regulatory level because of the secondary market, Fannie, Freddie, and, you know, we turn this into a big dissertation on the mortgage business. But the key is, is that underwriting guidelines change, interest rates change, what investors, mortgage investors are looking for in terms of down payments, exposures, credit scores, 
uh, LTVs, uh, neighborhoods. Now, wait a minute. Here we go again. Those are all the things that somebody needs to know, but not you. Right. You're a mortgage professional. And, and most people who are investing in real estate start in the wrong place. They start with the house. They start with the property. We're suggesting that, no, start with personal investment philosophy, then market, then team, then property. When it comes to the property, before you go look at properties, get your financing figured out because your mortgage professional can explain those very things Russ just talked about, the changing and underwriting and what loans have to look like and what reserves are and all that stuff. You do not need to be the expert on that. You need to have an expert. Well, on that. and what you need to look like, you, you may need to start a year or two, especially if you're brand new, just getting started out and have a mortgage professional coaching you to get in a position to be able to qualify for the kind of loans you want to get. You have to have experience on your resume if you want to go commercial, things like that. So again, the point is you got to have this person in your team and they need to be very familiar with the kind of property and the kind of borrower that you are and what you're interested in getting. Now, is that a person that's close to you or close to the property? Well, it depends. To start with, you may want to visit a mortgage professional you've done business with, you know, and those kinds of things. But ultimately, loan brokers and mortgage people are licensed by state in the United States and other places it varies. So you need someone near the property who knows the area and the property typically. So depending on where you're investing, you might be investing close to home. If you're not, that person may need to be near the property. So you've got to figure that part out. The next person you need is a real estate broker or a salesperson. Now, you'll hear us say broker, real estate salesperson, real estate agent. There are different legal terms. For the discussion today, let's just assume they're all the same. They're not, but it doesn't matter for what we're talking about. We're talking about a professional that can help you not only find property, that's one thing they do, but even more importantly, can guide you through the contract and the legal negotiations and all of that to get the deal closed. So those are local people. These are people that have their feet on the ground in the area where you're going to invest in the property. They need to be local experts. They need to know the market completely. Whatever the piece of the puzzle is that you need to know, a local expert will be the one who can answer the questions for you there. Yeah, and if you're in different marketplaces, you need different real estate agents. If you are in the same market with different product types, I'm investing in single family homes and I'm, I've got some apartment buildings, those are two different brokers. They're not the same people. And as you go geographically, product type, those people change and you're gonna possibly get to the point where you outgrow your real estate professional. They just, maybe you're working with an apartment broker that specializes in 20 to 50 units and you get to the point where now you're buying two, 300 units, it's just not the same guy or gal that's gonna be representing you. So we believe in using professionals and we believe in loyalty, being loyal to people who will be loyal to you. But also you have to understand the limitations of their technical competence. Yeah. And that's, you need to put your team members, just like a good coach in a position to be successful. If you ask somebody to perform a function that isn't in their core competency, then you've set them up for failure and you've set yourself up for failure and frustration. So again, a good professional when you're interviewing these people you need to ask them what is your what is your core competency what is your niche what is your expertise what are you great at what work can we do together where you're just going to shine like a beacon of light and just make me as happy as can be we're talking about putting together your real estate investment team more when we come back you're tuned to the real estate guys radio program i'm your host robert helms Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. When the housing market crashed in 2008, San Antonio led the way in appreciation and cash flow. 
Would you like to have a strong, reliable investment that performs in both up and down markets? Cash flow is the key to successful investing and we have tons of positive cash flow properties for our ATW investors. Come see why the Milken Institute rated San Antonio the number one economy in the United States and why San Antonio is the only major city in the country to have a AAA bond rating. ATW Investments can teach you strategies for building strong, secure wealth with investments starting at $5,000. ATW's patented, proven, and powerful system will do all the hard work for you. ATW is where the perfect market meets the perfect strategy and produces the perfect results in your portfolio. To get started, go to the resource section of the Real Estate Guys website or email us at contact at atw-investments.com. Are you still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out when and where you're going to buy those investment properties? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Atlanta, Georgia is still on sale, but you better act fast because the deals are almost gone. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with Georgia Residential Partners, and I want you to know that there may not be a better investing opportunity than Atlanta right now. Listed as one of the fastest growing markets in the country, both in terms of jobs and population, Forbes predicts 26% appreciation over the next three years. At Georgia Residential Partners, we sell turnkey cash-flowing investment properties. We also sell wholesale properties at insane discounts. We're launching a new home construction product this summer as well. And if you're still nervous about stepping out into another market, I will personally partner with you on a small portfolio of homes, if that's what it takes. Don't wait any longer. Check us out at gainvesting.com or call our office at 770-924-5450. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, this is Dave Leniger, co-founder of REMAX International. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show, whether you're listening online, on the radio, or some other method. We're glad you're tuned into the program. Today, we're talking about assembling your real estate team, putting together the folks they are going to help you. We've talked about your two kind of first team members, your mortgage person and your real estate person. Beyond that, uh, there's some people that are close to you that are important. And, and we didn't want to start with these folks, and maybe you really should, but it kind of drags down the conversation when we start talking about tax and attorneys. But you're going to need to think through entity structure. And and you may be new to that and you may be seasoned at that, but it, the idea is that rarely do you want to own a lot of real estate in your own name. You're going to look at owning in entities. And you're going to need an attorney to help you set up those entities. There's a lot of great information that you can research ahead of time, and we would suggest that you do that. But eventually, you need a competent legal professional to walk you through where your entities are domiciled, what kind of entities you want, and what their purposes are. So think of it this way. Imagine that you are going to reorganize your pantry. And your mission in life is to fill your pantry up with everything you want, right? This is your portfolio. Before you start just going to the grocery store and start shoving stuff into your pantry, first thing you're going to do is sit down with a closet organizer and have that person design for you where the shelves are going to be, where the cupboards are going to be, where the little baskets are going to be, where the hooks are going to be, so that when you go to the store and you start putting things in the pantry, you know where everything goes. That's what an entity structure does for you. And it contemplates asset protection. It contemplates privacy. It contemplates estate planning. It contemplates the cash flows and out of your entity plan will come how your bank accounts get set up and how your licensing gets set up. 
And there are lots of considerations. I can tell you from having talked to hundreds and hundreds of real estate investors, most of them don't get this stuff. And those that even begin to think about it, think about it after they've already got a pantry full of stuff and then they've got to pull everything out build it and then put it all back in. And you can imagine that given the opportunity to begin with the end in mind, it can be advantageous to just do a little advanced planning, get your system organized, and then start stocking it up with the properties. Yeah, there's a lot of attorneys out there who will say, no, 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 talk to me first and I need a $20,000 retainer. And you're saying, wait a minute, I've got 20000 and that's my down payment. I, I, how can I spend that all on it? Well, again, consider the source. You're going to have to get some help, but a lot of it can be done on the cheap to start with. However, just like brain surgery, you don't always want the cheapest solution. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys will actually do free seminars and webinars. That's how I started learning. I would go to these things and, you know, they were selling their $10,000 or their $20,000 package. I wasn't ready for that, but I learned a ton just reading the books and just going to the free seminars. And then I helped me understand when I really was ready to make that investment. The other part of that is how does it impact your taxes? And so taxation is one of the things, not the only thing, but one of the things we're going to consider when we set up our entities. And you'll want to work with a tax professional. And most lawyers will tell you they're not tax professionals unless they're tax attorneys. And those folks are rather expensive. So it may be that all you need is a simple enrolled agent. It may need that you you need a CPA, your current tax professional may not be the right person. How many times have we met people who come to Real Estate Guys events or come on the summit and they this is a very, very common thing where they have had a great relationship with a CPA who's done their taxes for four or five or 10 years, but as they start acquiring property, they start to recognize, you know, my CPA really doesn't understand real estate like I wish they did. Yeah, I mean, so if you are a small business owner, you're going to have a tax professional who really understands small business. If you're a big business owner, international business owner, you're going to have a CPA who understands that. If you are a real estate investor, then that's a different area of the tax code. The tax code is huge. And even these tax professionals don't know every aspect of the tax code. You may end up having two or three different CPAs just because you have these different aspects and you need specialists and then they all are going to have to work together. But the key is, is to understand that the best CPA for a real estate investor is somebody who specializes in real estate investing and ideally is a real estate investor themselves. Now, tax professionals and legal professionals aren't always known for working together, but our experience is when you get the right folks, they will. Even a quick conference call to get them on the same page can make a lot of sense. But again, be prepared to take the ball. No one cares as much about you and your finances and your investment portfolio as you do. So you're going to want to understand as much as you can, but resist the temptation to learn everything. Folks that learn everything suffer from analysis paralysis, and they continue to look and research and they know how entity structure works, they know what charging order protection is, and they don't own any real estate. So I think it's a balance. You need to have some of that information, but you also need to leave it in the professional's hands. So who else is on your first team? We have the finance person, the real estate person, the tax person, and your lawyer, and again, maybe more than one lawyer involved. You're going to need the person who actually makes the cash flow happen. That's not the tenant. That's the property manager. So in our world, the property manager is probably the least appreciated and most important member of the team because at the end of the day, that's where the results come from real estate. Property management is not only a tough job, it's a job that has to be done right. Now, this does not say that you cannot do it yourself. In fact, many beginning investors 
decide to do their own property management. There are some advantages to that. The advantages being that it'll put you in the trenches. You'll learn what it takes, what works, and what doesn't. Also, depending on your marketplace, there are a lot of things you've got to know accurately. You can't guess. We talk all the time about not believing that the realtor who told you what you could get for rent, that his information was biblical. In his best sense, he certainly is trying to give you the right information, but we trust property managers much more than real estate agents for the simple reason that the property manager has to deliver tenants at the rate he told you he could get. The real estate agent may be a little more cavalier or just not as familiar with it. Well, I'll tell you this. There's nobody on your team, nobody, who is going to have their interests more aligned with your interests than your property manager. You're buying properties for the production of income. Property managers derive most of their income from the production of income. And there isn't anybody else, not your CPA, not your lawyer, not your real estate broker, not your mortgage professional, not your insurance person, nobody else on your team, nobody else on your team except your property manager has that same primary motivation. Your property managers, your collection of property man, you want to collect property managers, by yep. the way, they are your very, very best friends. They're like your offensive line, you know, in football. They're the ones that make everything happen. If you have great property management, you know you're going to score points. And we're not here to talk exhaustively about property management, but because it is so important, let's cover a couple of basics. First of all, how do property managers get paid? Typically, they charge an upfront fee to lease out a property, whether it's commercial, retail, residential, and then they charge a percentage of the ongoing rent, and that can vary from 2 or 3% up to 50%, depending on the type of real estate. For low turnover industrial real estate with 20-year leases, you can find property managers that charge hardly anything percentage-wise. For resort property with nightly renters and turnover almost every day, you're going to see a lot higher. So there's not a magic formula. I will tell you this. Don't pick your property manager by price. The worst way to select a property manager is to pick the low cost leader. So here's the great thing about property managers. They're probably the least respected, least loved, least lavished upon of everybody on the team. And so you really can stand out as an investor if you just pay attention and really respect and honor and appreciate your property managers. If you do, you're going to be like their very best customer. You're going to get their very best effort. They're going to love you and they're going to look out for you. In fact, one of the things you always talk about on the field trips is one of the greatest questions you can ask your property manager is a question you have to get your mind around. And it's you don't come with the property that you picked out and say, here, manage this. Instead, you ask them. Right. Nobody wants to be handed a problem, right? So you tell, you ask the property manager, you, you buy some junk property or that you didn't know what you were doing and you come to them and go, hey, the broker told me this thing will rent for 1200 Here, make it rent for 1200 And the guy goes, you know what? It'll only rent for 800 because that's what the market is. So wouldn't a better question would be, gee, Mr. Property Manager, you have to live with this neighborhood or you have to live in this demographic. What properties can you be successful with? If I put a property in your portfolio to manage, what's going to really work great for you? And then when they tell you, buy it, because buy what it. do you care? I mean, as long as it's a, the price is right, the income is right, and the structure is right, and you know the, the condition of the property and the neighborhood is fine, the person who's going to make the money, it's all about cash flow now, the person who's got to make that happen is the property manager. Don't hand them a problem. 
Hand them an opportunity and they will love you. We just saw this on our last field trip. We saw where there were areas that our local professionals, people we call providers, property managers in the area and brokers in the area, are saying this is where the demand is. These neighborhoods are where we're getting the most calls. This is where the properties perform the best. That is on the street knowledge that they have better information on than the broker. The broker knows what sells. The property manager knows what rents. Think about it. So you buy a property and maybe it's got a den or something and you go, I could convert this into another bedroom. The construction guy's, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And, or vice versa, right? The other way around. The broker says, hey, you know, a three bedroom would be worth more than a two bedroom. But if you're not planning on selling, that's not what you're interested in. Yep. What are you interested in? What you're interested in is whatever whoever is in the marketplace is looking for who's standing in line. In most cases, adding an extra bedroom is going to add extra income. So that's kind of a no-brainer. But the point is the person who's best qualified to give you an answer about how to change or improve a property for the production of income is the person who's responsible for managing that production of income and selling the customer, the tenant, on actually doing that. They're the ones who know what the customer demand is. That's why your property manager manager is so important. Now, you mentioned that the property manager is arguably the least respected person. And I will say that a great property manager is worth their weight in gold, but I totally understand why they're the least respected. There are more questionable folks in that segment of the business than probably anything. And this is the area where you really get warts on your lips from kissing frogs. I can't tell you how many property managers we've been through over the years. I've always uh, wondered what the problem with your lips were. That's now the I know. problem. Now you know. The problem and the opportunity is that there are so few. It's needle in the haystack. But once you find one, oh my goodness. And we're going to talk about how you find all these people before we're done today. But one more caveat on property management is this. Don't just accept the current manager when you buy a property. It's quite possible that you buy an apartment building or a retail strip mall or even a single family house where there's a tenant already. You want to really vet that person and don't just assume that the existing manager is the right manager. Take the opportunity to talk to that property manager if you have it, however, because you're going to learn several things. First of all, you'll get to figure out do they seem to make sense? Do they know what they're about? They're a candidate for sure. And you're going to find out what are the problems with the property? What would you need, Mr. Property Manager, to make this property hum? What would you need to make this work that you don't now have? So your first team is your finance person, your real estate person, your tax person, your legal person, and your property manager. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other members of your team. We're also going to play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. 
Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Donald Trump, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, if you've ever thought about putting together bigger deals using other people's money, then come on out to the secrets of successful syndication. It's two fabulous days in Dallas, Texas with an amazing faculty, including Rich Dad Advisor Ken McElroy. You can get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. We're talking about assembling your real estate team, putting together the people you need to help you. Before we get back to that, let's play real estate trivia. It's your chance to win a prize, and it's a great prize about your team. Uh, we'll tell you about the prize in a minute. All you do is listen for the question and then send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your physical mailing address because if you're the winner, we're going to send you a copy of a great book called Team Code of Honor by Blair Singer. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, since we're talking about team today, Team Code of Honor can be yours. Before we give you this week's question, last week on The Real Estate Guys, we were talking about choosing the market you want to invest in. Our question was this, which U.S. retailer sells the most dollars per square foot in their stores? Well, I'll tell you this. Number two is Tiffany's. Tiffany's sells around $3,000 per square foot. And if you think about what Tiffany's sells, it's rather expensive. It doesn't take too many million-dollar pieces of jewelry to raise that number. The number one retailer does almost twice that at nearly $6,000 per square foot. It's the Apple stores. Apple stores move more dollars per square foot than any other retailer. Now, I do have to caveat this. There may be small independent retailers throughout the world that do more, but these are national chains for which there is information publicly reported. I think that drug dealer down on the corner actually does pretty well per square foot. <laughs> well, considering what a small square footage they have. All right, here's our real estate trivia question uh, for this week. One of the greatest real estate movies ever was The Money Pit, which came out in 1986. Tom Hanks and Shelley Long were a couple who were building and rebuilding their dream house, if you will. Uh, here's our real estate question about that real estate film. In what U.S. state was The Money Pit filmed? Where did they film that movie? What area of the U.S. was it filmed in? If you know or want to take a guess, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address, and you can be the proud owner of Team Code of Honor by Rich Dad Advisor Blair Singer. That's today's real estate trivia question. It is not trivial putting together your team. You need people to help you live out your real estate dreams, and you're too busy to do it, especially if you do it right. Once you have a lot of holdings, you're going to have to manage the managers and bring up a team. And we talked the first half of the show about your first team. Let's talk about your second team. These are people you need and maybe not as regularly. For instance, 
a person you're going to need is an insurance person. That's an important person in your life, and insurance also varies from state to state and product type to product type. Insurance is your first line of defense against threats. It's the first thing that's going to get triggered. If you get into a lawsuit or you have some situation come up, that's the first thing that's going to come up. Obviously, it protects the property. You're going to need insurance brokers who are licensed in the particular place you're at, but you also need to protect your portfolio. That could be life insurance. That could be disability insurance on you. You're going to need to protect your personal assets from the liabilities produced by your investment portfolio, and that could be directors and officers insurance, and so all kinds of different insurance. So a lot of times, if you're not familiar with the world of insurance, you think insurance is insurance. It's not. Some insurance is going to be based on the property. Some of the insurance is going to be based on you. Some of it is going to be based on tax considerations and part of your estate plan. Part of it is going to be based on other situations you're trying to create. So you're going to have to end up having probably multiple insurance agents and probably an insurance lawyer on your team to help you sort through all of that. It's a much bigger topic than we really fits for today's show. But if you go back into the archives, you'll see we uh, did interview a great insurance coverage counsel. And that's the person that helps you when you're selecting a policy as well as when you have to <laughs> actually use one. Uh, and there's some great resources out there. But the point is you need someone on your team who understands insurance. And that can be a great insurance broker, at least to start with. Also, an estate planning attorney. We talked about estate planning. No one wants to think about that. But ultimately, you need to figure out what's going to happen to your portfolio as you age and if something happens to you and all those things. And there are some tax implications of that too. So you want to get a great estate planning person that can help out. So it really comes down to thinking about what you're building the portfolio for. If you're just building the portfolio to enjoy it and when you die, you don't care who gets it or what happens to it, you probably don't need that much estate planning. But if you're building your portfolio for your family, for your loved ones, for your children, for your grandchildren, if you even a charity that you care about, if you care about what happens when you're done, then your estate plan is going to be a very important part of that because I'm promise you this, if you don't plan for it, the government has a plan and the plan is basically sell everything and give them at least half of it. And then whatever's left over, everybody else can fight about. The lawyers will probably get the other 30 or 40%. That just brings up another important thought. What is that legacy about? If it's for your kids and you want them to be actively involved in the business, don't wait till you're ready to retire. Get them started, get them learning how it works. They can make a decision to do something differently but unless you expose them to it, they're not likely to make a decision to continue the business you pioneered. And understand there's a chance they may have no interest in that at all, and but, but no going in because that's going to help you make some of these decisions. Another person on your second team is your 1031 tax exchange intermediary. This is a person, typically a company, that can help you with a 1031 tax deferred exchange. Now, that assumes that you're selling property and buying another property. And again, that's beyond the scope of today. To tie. I know, Bob, you're chomping at the bit to cover all the rules about 1031, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying this. If there's the ability for you to be exchanging, you need to understand what that looks like and you need someone. You can't do that on your own. You have to have a third party. Let's talk about the construction part of property. If you're doing rehab, if you're building from the ground up, then there's construction consultants, there's contractors, there's architects. They're all the tradespeople that you might need. Now, if I'm just buying and holding real estate from my portfolio, perhaps my property manager manages those kinds of things. But again, if I'm doing the money bits, doing my own rehab, if I'm doing ground up construction, if I'm doing subdivision or condo conversion or any of that, I'm going to need some of those types of folks. 
Yeah, these are the people who are going to help you make sure that things you do are up to code, that they're uh, properly planned and budgeted for. Uh, architects are a big part of that if you're doing rehabs or especially if you're doing ground up construction. And the thing that's great about these folks is a lot of them have uh, Rolodexes. They have, they're going to be the people who can introduce you to the other players. So if all of this is daunting, it's like, oh my God, I mean, I've got to go, I've got to go recruit a stadium full of people. You probably only really need to go into a marketplace and build relationships with two or three people. And those two or three people will have relationships with everybody else that you need. And that'll get you started. Absolutely. Who else is on your second team? Those are the people that you may or may not need and don't need every transaction. Well, a custodian, if you are looking at investing IRA funds or you're syndicating deals and looking at taking people's IRA funds into your deal, then you're going to need to have a relationship with a custodian that handles IRAs. This one's huge, uh, especially, you know, after the mortgage meltdown and nobody had any equity and it, those who did have equity, you couldn't get your hands on it because nobody was making loans against that equity. And what became very, very popular over the last five, six years had been retirement accounts. All the people getting laid off, all of a sudden, all this 401k money was eligible for self-directed IRA uh, use. And people became very, very interested. It was a great source of capital. It remains a great source of capital. There are 10,000 plus baby boomers retiring every single day, and they have have six, seven figures in their retirement uh, funds, and they need to put that money to work. So it's why we're in the syndication business and teaching people how to do that. And your custodian is going to be a major contributor to helping you do that properly on behalf of the investors. Now, depending on what specifically you're doing in real estate, there may be other team members. If I have retail holdings, then leasing agents are important. If I'm a developer, there's a whole slew of folks I'm going to need, right? My title work is different if I'm buying property and getting in entitlements on land and those kinds of things and all those consultants but that's the core of your team that we've talked about so far when we come back we're going to talk about how you find those people and what questions to ask them to decide whether or not they make it onto your team you're tuned to the real estate guys radio program i'm your host robert helms need help with your real estate investment portfolio check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of sharing the services of Paradigm Life with you loyal Real Estate Guys Radio listeners through our website, www.beerbank.com, and also on the annual Investor Summit at Sea. Subsequently, we have seen a variety of financial situations across the socioeconomic spectrum and how everyone, regardless of their situation, would improve their financial lives by following the system we specialize in. As a result of this experience, we have created an online e-learning system so anyone without obligation can learn about the infinite banking concept. This free e-learning program is found on our website, www.beerbank.com. So check it out today. The website again is www.beerbank.com. 
Hi, this is Mark Skousen, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys because we need more listeners and you need more friends. We're talking about building your real estate team. Who are the folks that are going to be close to you and working with you as you build up your real estate empire? We've talked about a lot of the members of the team. Let's talk about how we vet them. So you're going to want to interview these folks. We love referrals. When you have someone who's successfully in the real estate business and they've got a great team, they're bragging about, get a referral. Referrals are really the key to doing this. They're not only a big shortcut, they save you so much time in trying to figure out who the best candidates are. If somebody else is having success with them, that's a good place to start. When you get to interviewing each of those people, you need to be prepared. Don't do it off the cuff. If necessary, make a little list of questions. For example, I got a property manager. What I want to find out about that property manager is, one, does anybody like him? Does he have any skills? But what's his area of expertise? If I'm bringing a single-family house and he does 50 units and up, he may be a great property manager. We're not a good fit in this instance. So this is about being prepared, thinking about what do I need to have to make this work, and making sure I cover all those items. Well, and as Russ mentioned, often people on your team will have suggested referrals for other people on your team. They know who's in the business, they know who's doing well, and they know who they can work well together with. So let me just throw in a quick question here you can ask. When you're asking someone for a referral, don't just get a name and phone number, but ask them, hey, on a scale, you know, why are you referring this person to me? In other words, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate this person? And then they'll tell you, it's six, it's an eight, it's a nine, it's a 10. And then you wanna ask them, okay, what do you like best? And if you could change one thing, what would that be? What would it take to get them to be a 10? And then just that will give you enough insight to see, because this person may be happy with them, but you may not be based on the one thing that they would change. It's not that big of a deal to them, but it's everything to you. So get a little bit more information, and then you'll ask similar questions when you actually sit down to interview the prospective provider. So we have five questions we're going to uh, give you right now. So if you uh, have a pen and pencil, you can uh, write those down, or if you want to capture them on your electronic device, or if you're working out, Thanks for taking us to the gym. We need the help. But here are the questions. Number one, and this is our favorite question to ask any possible team member, are you yourself an active real estate investor? This is such a shortcut. Take a tax professional. There's a lot of tax professionals who claim they know everything about the tax code when it comes to real estate, but there's a difference between book knowledge and seat knowledge, actually time in the saddle. So one of our great shortcut questions is, are you an investor yourself? It's just important that the people who are going to be providing you essential services, critical services, are, are really motivated to stay on top of the game. There's no greater motivation than they have their own money at risk. That's why we mentioned earlier the idea that the property manager shares your motivation. So if someone is an investor themselves, then that means they're giving an extra level of attention to things that are going to affect you because it affects them. Absolutely. And you know what? Let's look at real estate brokers. The vast majority of real estate brokers across the earth help people find houses to live in. And that's fine. And there may be some of those folks that can help you with particular rental neighborhoods if you're investing in kind of the type A class stuff. Well, most of what we're looking for are investment specialists, people that help investors. In fact, question number two is this. What percentage of your client are investors? What percentage of your clients are investors? 
It goes back to the same thought now. So again, if this person has a large portion of their business is dedicated to serving people who are just like you, they have a greater motivation to stay on top of the things that are going to affect you most. And so I want to know that if 99% of your business is retail and I'm the only investor in your portfolio, if you've got a continuing education class to go to, you're not going to take the one that's going to serve me the best. You're going to take the one that's going to serve the 99% best. And so these are about asking questions where you're making sure that their motivations line up with your needs. Question three is in lines of the question Bob just gave you. What types of properties and or transactions are you experienced in? You want to understand, is this the person that helps more beginning investors? Are they a certain price area? Are they a certain neighborhood or demographic? Do they deal with high net worth people? Who are the other people that they're dealing with and what kinds of properties they have experience in? Question number four is a great one. It's this, who supports you and how? This is really important because a lot of people who are service providers are service providers. They trade time for dollars. So a lot of these guys are, they're, they're the lone rangers, right? They work alone and that's great. And it might be low overhead and they might be super responsive and you're dealing directly with the principal. The problem is if they get sick, die, go out of business, then what? Right. And you have to just look at the service they're providing you. And then what happens if they're not available when you need them to be available? It may be fine. There are going to be certain service providers. Hey, if you can't call me back for a week, or two, it's no big deal. There's going to be other people like, hey, if you go down and I need you and I can't reach you for two days, that's a big problem. Well, you want to know how their depth chart is. You were talking about that. If you've got a single point of failure, that looks very different. We were in our Dallas field trip a few weeks back and one of the property managers there has different groups of property management and they have backup for each. So if something happens to your property manager and his team, there's another property manager who works for the same company with a different set of inventory that can step in. That's good to know. If you hire an attorney, you may go meet and sit down with the name who's one of the names in the attorney firm and then discover that you're never going to see that person again except on the first date. You're actually dealing with a junior person, which isn't all bad because the fee schedule attorneys have sometimes favor. I can get a lot of work done from the less expensive junior person. You just need to know. Yes. And then probably my favorite question, and this is one that you may be able to ask straight out of the gate or you just may need to figure this out. It's do you play well with others? A lot of the folks who have gravitated to investment real estate specifically think that they are the know-all be-all and that can be helpful but you also have to understand this really is a team sport you're right this is probably could be arguably the most important part of it because it really is a team sport and culture is so important if you've ever walked into a company or a community any organization or even in a family and you can feel the vibe do people enjoy each other do they respect each other do they get along do they collaborate there's a lot to be said for that if you've got to do a conference call because you need your estate planning, your insurance guy, your life insurance guy, and maybe, you know, your tax person. They need to all be on the phone together because you got to get an answer. You got to make a decision and you got to everybody's viewpoint and you have to make the decision. And you've got people who are posturing and have got egos and are trying to be the smartest guy in the room and they're not used to having to defer or take another opinion. They don't want to be made to look wrong. That's not going to work well for you. So make sure that you have people who are willing to collaborate with other people on your team and work together. That's why getting referrals from people on your team with people they already work successfully with can be a shortcut to building a culture of people who will work together on your behalf. We have been very blessed to be able to have some amazing, amazing people that we consider our team. And I'll tell you, it's not always the people we started with. So it takes some time. But once you have those relationships, this is a relationship business. Your team can make or break your success. So don't take 
take it lightly. I think that's our message today. Next week on The Real Estate Guys, we're going to be talking about how do you find and control the property, the last part of the equation. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of The Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.